0: Well, thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to yet another week of the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam here on KCMJ.org. That That first tune was called Altruistic Gem, and it was actually a tune I recorded a couple years ago with a group called Ritmo Profundo in Miami, Florida. And uh, and so you can uh, check that out online. Today in the studio, though, we have an excellent Barry saxophonist group. Uh, This is the uh, Mike Van Arsdale Project. We've got Mike Van Arsdell in the studio. We've got his bass player, Jason Crow. We've got his drummer, Mr. Paul Shaw, on drums. And then we've got our regular engineer, good old piano player, Mr. Sean Hanlon on the keys. So, uh, so Mike, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you so much for coming into the show. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's an honor having you on this show. Oh, no. Thanks, Colin. It's an honor for us. This is really—it's going to be really fun. It will be. We're going to hear some, uh, some music that, that Mike is uh, prepping for an upcoming recording, right? Yeah, that's right. In December. Awesome. And uh, so you guys are going to be the first people to actually hear this music uh, here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. So, Mike, uh, I'd like to just dive in a little bit and just figure out, you know, why, what cho- what you, why did you choose the Barry saxophone? What got you into music? Uh, you know, give us the spiel, man.
1: Yeah, well, the the baritone saxophone is kind of a, a new thing for me in the last couple of years. I uh, I mean, I played it off and on through the years. Um, sort sort of had to play it at at one point. Was kind of forced into it. <laughs> and then uh, what I found was that it really resonated with me. It really was my voice, you know. Uh, so um, I got started in music like a lot of people, playing in school bands. Um, didn't really take any saxophone lessons uh, growing up just family just couldn't afford it but I listened to a lot so what what kind of sealed the deal for me was hearing uh that Billy Joel tune just the way you are and hearing Phil Woods solo on there I think a lot of saxophonists from my generation uh were inspired by that kind of drawn to the saxophone first of all and then the music after that after hearing that solo wondering who who is that guy what is that all about and then finding out it's Phil Woods and checking out well what's Phil Woods who's Phil Woods And, and you know it's kind of You kind of open the rabbit hole at that point, don't you? Right. (laughs) Uh, Where did you grow up at? I moved around quite a bit. My dad's a pastor, so we moved around. Uh, He started off in the Air Force. Uh, Formative years were in Texas, San Antonio, Dallas, that kind of thing, and then migrated to Ohio, spent most of my youth in Ohio. and uh, So, yeah, Uh, I'm from northeast Ohio. That's kind of where I went to high school and college and grad school, hung out there and played around Cleveland area, Youngstown, Akron, Toledo,
0: did a lot of work in that part of the country. So when you were in uh, in, in high school, you were in all the high school bands, and, and were you, you weren't studying with anyone at that current time? No, I was just
1: uh, practicing every day in my basement, so I wasn't a very good student, you know? Like a lot of us musicians, were <laughs> we spent most of our time after school practicing because we were just kind of obsessed with it. At a young age. So that's, that's, that's how I got my start, uh, just listening to a lot. Right after Phil Wood, somebody turned me on to Cannonball Adderley. And so I, was, uh, I spent all my allowance buying records and uh, all my spare time listening and practicing in my basement after school. Not doing a lot of homework, uh, but, you know, I made it. My parents pushed me enough to get me through all that. Awesome.
0: Well, can we hear a tune off of
1: this new CD coming out soon? Yeah, sure. So this is a tune called Suspensive. to uh
0: Listening to the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam. We've got Mike Van Arsdell and his project, a quartet, here in the studio today. If you're interested in helping us take this radio station and the program to the broader FM dial, you can log on to kcmj.org and adopt a watt. We have a campaign going on right now. We're trying to raise around $4,000. We're a little over halfway there of where we need to go. Uh, we're trying to get enough equipment to put uh, an antenna on top of a building downtown Colorado Springs so we can take KCMJ to the FM dial. We're slated to have 93.9. So if you're interested in that, please help us out and go to kcmj.org and adopt a watt. 100 bucks to get you a watt. So back in the studio, though, we've got the MVP project. That's what it's affectionately known as when we do our advertising campaigns. But uh, So, Mike, um, it, it sounds like you were just a diehard... Jazz fan from the get go, uh, you know. In, in high school, you you said you were just spending all your allowance on on uh, on your records and and CDs and whatnot. So I imagine that once you got through high school, you, you had a pretty good um, you know feel for for music and and kind of where you wanted to go. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, Colin, I you know I, I'm a little bit older than you, for those folks who can't see us, and so. I didn't have any CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up before CDs, but yeah, that's right. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so after high school, yeah, what did you what what were your what was the decision making process? What was going through your head at you know senior uh, high school? You know, you wanted to pursue music. What was going on at that time in your life? Yeah, I I was uh, you know just uh, trying to finish up high school, and
1: um, I I knew from a pretty early age that I wanted to do music. I thought maybe I wanted to be a band director. We're kind of all influenced by our band directors. A lot of us are. Uh, So I thought I wanted to be a band director. I was planning to go to school. Um, Didn't have the money at the time to go to college. So I joined the army, got the GI bill. I played in in an army band for three years in uh, just north of Chicago, which was pretty cool. So I got to spend a lot of time in Chicago, you know, when I was 19, 20 years old, uh, taking the train down to the city and, and hearing live music and uh, was really influenced there. I, that's where I took some of my first private lessons, uh, was in the Chicago area with a teacher up north of Chicago. And uh, so after that, uh, after that three years, I, I uh, got out of the Army, used my GI Bill to go to college, and uh, moved back home uh, to Northeast Ohio and went to the University of Akron. Um, studied with some great teachers there uh, and uh, some teachers who not only taught me well but gave me opportunities to play uh, that would recommend me for gigs and you know in the in the pit orchestras in cleveland uh with some of the repertory bands there and um plus i you know was trying to do my own thing as well uh so that was a great experience a great learning experience and and i don't think any of us make have any kind of success in this business unless we have somebody helping them out Mm. you know so i was very fortunate i had some great teachers guy by the name of rich shanklin who who uh did a ton for me still i have a lot of affection for that guy he's a he was a uh, huge influence in my life and my musical life, and um, so
0: yeah. So bachelor's degree was done at, at what University University of Akron, Yes yeah. so the G.I. Bill covered all of that. covered all that. At the same time, I you know, I, um,
1: I, I still enjoyed uh, the military music uh, part of my life, and so I actually stayed in the Army National Guard, well, first in the Army Reserve and the Army National Guard. there, there were bands in Ohio. Uh, so I was a member that all the way through grad school uh, stayed in uh, the National Guard. And so that helped me with tuition as well. Nice. Um, yeah, that was a gra- it was a great experience.
0: So, so you did your master's degree at the same university? or?
1: Yeah, so I did my master's degree in uh, education, music education. And so the undergrad was in? In jazz performance. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So after grad school, what happened? Uh, I, you know, I, I realized, so my master's degree was in education, with, and it included a teaching certificate. Uh, and so I had to do a student teaching at the end of my coursework. I realized pretty early into my student teaching that I just didn't, teaching the public schools wasn't for me. I, I have a lot of admiration for people who do that, and uh, I think there are people who are really gifted uh, that should be in those situations, and so I found out that I probably wasn't the kind of guy that should be doing that. <laughs> it didn't really resonate with me, uh, so I wanted to keep playing, and, and I still enjoyed my military career, and uh, so I started looking at auditions and um, took an audition. I hadn't played for a while because I was doing a student teaching, so I took an audition with uh, with an Air Force band in uh, southeast Virginia at Langley Air Force Base, kind of as a warm-up. Like I was aiming at the Army uh, field band or – because I was in the Army. The Army field band or the West Point band had auditions lined up for that later in the summer. And uh, so they offered me a job at Langley at the Air, with the Air Force band, and a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? So <laughs> – so I took the gig, and uh, the rest is history. Um, so, yeah, I'm a member of the Air Force Academy Band here in Colorado Springs and uh, really enjoy that, uh, that work. Uh, it's a privilege to serve our country doing what I love to do. Not a lot of people get to do that, so it's a real honor and privilege to be able to work with guys like you here on this radio program today, including yourself, right, Colin? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but before that, can we, can we hear some more music? Sure. So here's a tune. I wrote this a long
1: time ago. Um, Actually, you know what? This is kind of sentimental for me. So I wrote this uh, 18 years ago. It was for my first daughter's uh, baptism. Uh, A few years later, I reharmonized it uh, to make it more of a jazz tune. Um, And, you know, the reason it's sentimental is because my daughter's now 18 years old. Yeah, she just turned 18, and she's moving into her first apartment on Monday. Wow. So it's going to be a tough (laughs) weekend in the Van (laughs) Arsdale (laughs) home. So this is called Lullaby for (laughs) Jordan.
0: Lullaby for Jordan, written by mister Mike Van Arsdale here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Dam KCMJ.org. We really appreciate you tuning into the show. You can like this show on Facebook, please do that. Please go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show. You can get all the back issue or back episodes of the show. You can even get this episode. Um so we, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you if you went on iTunes and liked the show. You can also go to podbean.com and follow the show as a podcast. You can share with all your friends, and, and we'd really appreciate any support. Uh, so back in the studio, Mister Mike Van Arsdale, you, uh, you, 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 we finished off uh, the last segment where you were telling us you won an audition at the uh, United States Air Force Band at Langley Air Force Base, right? That's correct. So that was, uh, so you did. Like about a three-year stint in the Army Band in Chicago, toured, toured around a little bit and everything. A little bit. And then yeah. you did your your, um, your master's degree and an undergraduate degree in Ohio, won the audition, and then uh, what was going on in life there? You know what was what was happening then at that time with you in, in Virginia. Yeah, and and your life and music and yeah. So we
1: uh, we were uh, my wife Tina and I were um, busy building a family. <laughs> we had had Jordan uh, when I was in college, and uh, we actually had a, we moved to Virginia. We had a golly, I think she was one. Our second daughter was one, Elise, and uh, and then we a few years later we had Samantha. Uh, we you know bought a house in Virginia. I thought we were going to stay there for quite a long time. Actually, we did. We stayed there for seven years. And uh, you know, I started freelancing in that uh, in that area as well. Uh, I got to play with some great players and continue to grow and learn. And uh, uh, so that you know, that was a, another great experience. We really love Southeast Virginia. Uh, a lot of great memories there, and, and uh, some great experiences. A Nice place to have a family.
0: Seven years seems like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It was good. What happened after? This? What made you move? Uh, well. So the Air
1: Force called and, and said, um, hey, we've got an opening with the band in Alaska. And, uh, and I thought, hmm, Alaska. Well, it, that'd be an interesting experience. So we, you know, we volunteered for that and were selected to go to Alaska. So we spent three years in Alaska. Uh, and that was one of the most unique experiences I think I'll probably ever have. I'm glad, glad our family did it. Uh, Alaska is a beautiful place, um, has its own culture. And uh, the people are wonderful. Um, The weather can be a challenge. (laughs) But, you know, we did some great stuff. Um, Had some amazing musical experiences that really didn't have as much to do with the music as they did interacting with the culture in Alaska. So like flying into a village in the middle of the Arctic Circle and just being dropped off with four or five other guys for a few days to play concerts for the village and uh, eating food that, I can't believe anybody eats, but <laughs> I did. And it was, uh, so it was a great experience. You know, it, it, um, it, Alaska is one of our most beautiful states in the, in the country, um, but it really, in a lot of ways, is like its own little nation up mm. there. Um, they're proud Americans, that's for sure, but they're, they sure love their state, and, and they have good reason to.
0: So after y- you
1: spent three years in Alaska, what happened then? Uh, I had the opportunity to come to Colorado be a part of the academy band. That's so where I met Jason on bass here, met Paul. Paul's a long time Air Force guy. Uh, heard a lot about him through the years and Jason, Sean, uh, met you. So, you know, that the the more I travel around the country and, and live in different places, you find out that there are just really wonderful musicians all over the place and great people to to know and to build relationships with and, and uh, play music with and
0: yeah awesome speaking of music we we talked a little bit before the show you have a uh, you're you're prepping for a recording um you have a suite that you'd like to do on the show right Well, I have two movements of a suite that's going to be on the
1: recordings. Awesome. These are brand new out off the presses. We actually have only played these once, so we're gonna see how they go uh so this is a th- the first two movements of a three movement suite uh that sort it's it i guess it's kind of programmatic. You know, they, uh, it's supposed to sort of depict the, the three offices of Christ in the, in the life of the Christian. So he acts as a prophet, a priest, and a king. So I did a three movement suite on this. If you want to hear the third movement, you're going to have to buy the CD. But we're going to do the first two movements. Uh, we can talk, well, we'll do the first movement, then we'll talk about some stuff. So this is called The Prophet. One, two, uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs>
0: listening to the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. We've got the Mike Van Arsdale project on the show today. So Mike, uh, you want to talk a little bit about these musicians that are going to be playing on your recording coming up? Yeah, I'd love
1: to. So I, you know, uh, I brought, I know sometimes you have just like individuals come on the show, but, uh, I'm a firm believer in the power of the group. Um, uh, you know, we, we all write music and we, we like to play our instruments and we like to play solos and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, some days that happens better than other days, but, um, but the music really doesn't happen without, uh, the collaboration of other guys. I mean, we, you know, I, I write these tunes, but sometimes I don't always know, like, how are we going to start this one? How are we going to end it? Hey, what do you think of this chord? Is that working for you guys? So, um, so I rely, uh, and depend on other musicians. Um, so I, you know, it's an honor to play with these guys. I feel like, uh, um, the better musicians you play with, the better you become as a, as a musician also. So Jason Crow on the bass. What can you say about Jason? He's a legend uh, in the Air Force Band career field, and, and uh, I heard a lot about him through the years uh, coming up. And when I got here and had the chance to play with him, um, uh, you know, there are these expectations that I have uh, I bet Jason's going to sound great. I've heard a lot about how great he sounds. And exceeding those expectations is something Jason does on a regular basis. He's a, a fantastic musician and a great person uh, to be around. He's inspiring. He's a very positive guy. So I like to surround myself with positive people. And he loves ice cream. I love ice cream. He likes beer. I like beer. He likes to eat. I like to eat. So we have we have those three <laughs> things in common. Uh, so that's good. Sean, Sean's uh, one of the younger guys that I, I know and that I play with and. Uh, but he's so mature uh, as a player. Um, you know, I still, I still tend to want to play a lot of notes, sometimes not make very good melodies, although that's something I desire to do. And Sean always makes beautiful melodies. You, you play with Sean, so you know what I'm talking about. I mean, that's really a gift that he has, and so it's a great time playing with, with Sean. And Paul is the, he's like the muse of this, of our, this quartet. He's like, uh, he is, he's a music maker, first and foremost, um, it's, uh, it's almost impossible to not have fun on a bandstand when you're playing with Paul Shaw. I mean, he exudes joy and enthusiasm, and he plays that way. It's really, he's really adventurous. Um, it, sometimes we're playing a tune in 4-4, and it, and it doesn't end up in four. That's just the way it goes with Paul. I mean, and it, it's, but it's always, so, it's always so strong and, and tasteful. It's never, uh, and it, it just feels right. You know, it's it's a mystery to me how that happens, how we can end up playing a four four swing and end up uh, playing in a a backbeat uh, R&B shuffle halfway through tune. And it seems to work. He just has that magic. (laughs) So I love Paul and he's a beautiful person. Actually, he's a wonderful songwriter and guitar player and singer and uh, just a great guy.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, you played the first half of uh, a three part suite. Can we hear the second part? Yeah, so
1: this is uh, the priest, Um, so this is sort of like a little prayer. We're just going to spend some time here, okay, Uh, on the priest.
0: Listen to the Colin Truesdell jazz jam. This is all brand new music from the Mike Van Arsdale Project, written by Mike Van Arsdale, baritone saxophonist. Uh, so, Mike, um, can you tell, talk to us a little bit about, about the recording? That uh, I mean, you know, where are you guys at in the preparation stage? What when you when we when can we expect this music, man? <laughs> We're going to record on December 11th, um, and
1: uh, so I hope to release it in the spring. Uh, you know we got the the, the whole process of uh, tracking and editing and mixing and and artwork and all the stuff that goes into that you know how much work that is so uh, so yeah I'm hoping for a spring release um, we'll probably have a little release party and uh, look to get it up on uh, some websites and send it out to some magazines and that kind of thing so where are you recording <clears> haha <throat> <clears throat> that's a funny that's a it's a funny question because we you know we'd plan to record in a studio up in Denver but
0: uh, we're really digging Sean's living room. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of people don't really uh, know that this is not a uh, conventional studio that you're listening to the show on. This is actually Sean Hanlon, our our engineer and pianist, show his house. So he has a baby grand in his house, and he has all the the mics and isolation a- capabilities. And uh and, and, and you're listening to it; it probably sounds pretty good because he he does do a very good job of uh, of tidying up, Mr. Sean Hanlon. Uh, so. I guess maybe you need to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully I know Sean, so yeah. yeah,
1: so we you know, we we may do it here. Um we do have a reservation at a studio up in up in Denver. It's a great place. Uh good engineer, um nice, you know, done a lot of work for other musicians in the uh uh north north Colorado region, um Denver and north, I guess. <laughs> but but who I I don't know. We'll see. Um So you look for a, that CD in in, uh, in uh, the spring.
0: Do you have a title of the album you're going to call it? Yeah,
1: we're going to call it My Best Day. So there's another, uh, it'll be the title track. There's a, a tune there called My Best Day. And uh, so you can look for that one too. You have to buy the CD to hear My Best Day. <laughs> How many tracks are going to be on this? Uh, we're looking, album. looking at 10 or 11.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, Mike, if anybody wants to go online and and check you out, is there a website that they can go to? I don't
1: have a website. I do have a Facebook page. It's just my normal Facebook page. Um, So I'm learning a lot as uh, I go through this process from Colin (laughs) Truesdell about how to market yourself. That's never been a. You know, I don't really (laughs) always. I don't feel too comfortable talking about myself, and uh, so uh, that's been for a lot of musicians. We tend to be more on the uh, introverted side of things. Colin, you're the exception, man. Uh, so <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that's something that's, that's coming in the future. Um, I, am a, I am an endorser for an instrument manufacturer. And so you can find me on their website, uh, on their endorser page. And uh, hopefully there'll be a link and to And who, who is that again? Uh, Andreas Eastman. So I'm playing on yeah, their new baritone saxophone today. So on, on the East, Eastman Instrument Company, Andres Eastman, this is a 52nd Street baritone. Uh, it's a really affordable, great-sounding horn. I've always been a fan of vintage mm. instruments, especially the baritones. Uh, I've played cons for a long time. And uh, this I, I get that same kind of vibe from it, but it's modern, so I yeah. can play better in tune on good days. Mm. <laughs> and the mechanism's easier. So, yeah, for you saxophone players out there looking for a new axe, Check out Andreas Eastman. It's great. Great. The 52nd Street instruments are fantastic.
0: It looks beautiful. Sounds
1: beautiful. uh, Website details for them? Uh, I think it's Andreas Eastman. I think it's EastmanMusic.com. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's correct. I don't have my card in front of me. Oh, actually, you know what, Colin? I do have my card in front of me. (laughs)
2: Look at
1: this. I got one in my pocket here. See what I'm learning from you, man? I got one I can give out and one I can keep. So, uh,
0: yeah, EastmanMusic.com. There you go. So uh, besides the recording, is there anything else going on in your musical life that you'd like to tell listeners about? Uh, Well, um,
1: I don't know. doing a lot of writing. Uh, You know, um, I I try to write a little bit every week. Um, You know, I have a family and I have a full-time job. So um, writing my own stuff, I try to write, uh, spend a good uh, three or four hours a week just writing, uh, even if it's one or two measures, uh, coming up with ideas, and so um, I'm. I think I'm done writing for this project because I got too much stuff. Uh, if I that, that I want to record, so I need to limit myself here. Uh, so I do that. Uh, normal practicing, uh, freelancing around the area, and of course the Air Force Academy band stays pretty busy.
0: So uh, you know the Air Force Academy band. I know that there's some stuff coming up. Uh, you know what? What do you actually do in the Air Force Academy band for listeners?
1: Yeah. So I'm. Uh, you know I'm impre- I- there's this group that the Academy band has had for a long time called the Falconer's. A lot of people know about the Falconers. And when I first got here, I was uh, I have to confess, I was a little intimidated <laughs> jumping in the Falconer's. I mean, it's a it's a great group, uh, great big band, uh huge sounding big band. And um, so I learned a lot when I first got here. Uh and uh, now I'm just through th- the way circumstances have worked out. I'm privileged to be the uh, group leader and musical director for the Falconeers, and we're getting ready to do. Uh, actually, we're going into th- the studio in February. We're going to record a uh, concept CD. Um, so you'll have to have to check that out. That should be released in the early summer. We're hoping. Concept CD.
0: Can you explain that one?
1: Yeah. So we're going to do a, a recording. Uh, we've hired rangers, some really great Rangers to do uh, deconstructed. Is that a word I can use? Deconstructed arrangements of uh, pop tunes from the 50s up to today. So these are iconic tunes that sort of uh, people resonate with even today. That kind of, uh, you know, that whatever generation, the the generation, the so the late teens, early 20s, people from the 60s, they resonated with this tune. And it still has some uh, staying power. So we're going to do a, a CD full of those uh, that's going to just... Uh, Sort of, um, it's gonna uh, look back to the beginning of pop music in this country in the fifties, rock and roll, all the way up until today. It's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be a challenging project, but we're we're looking forward to it.
0: Sounds like there's a lot of exciting stuff happening for Mike Van Arsdell. We really appreciate you coming on the show, man, and I appreciate Mr. Jason Crow on bass here coming in. Mr. Paul Shaw over on the drums. He came in and he's playing. And, uh, and Sean Hanlon on the keys, always, man. Uh, so if you're interested in um, helping out this show, you can actually go to kcmj.org and help us by adopting a Watt. We're running a fundraising campaign. We need about $4,000 left to get to our goal. Uh, if you're interested in helping this show get bigger and better, you can go online and leave us comments at the Facebook page. You can just go on to Facebook and type in Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam Uh, And also, if you want to visit the website, you can go to www.collintrusdell.com. That's C-O-L-I-N-T-R-U-S-E-D-E-L-L. And uh, and please go online and subscribe to the the show on iTunes. We really need your support. And uh, with listeners like you, we can get this show out to the broader, uh, just international public. And I know that Mike Van Arsdell and other artists that we've had on the show would really appreciate your support. These people are all local there are indie artists that, you know, we don't have, we don't do this for the money. It's, it's all for supporting our friends, supporting our people. So with that said, please tune in next Sunday night, 8 p.m. on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam.